Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, yeah, it's a normal one this one, it's not just me rambling half cut into a microphone. Um, although, it, correct me if I'm wrong, people seem to quite like it. You like it, you really like it. The people, they love me. Finally, the validation. For, I would have thought it would have just taken me speaking into a microphone on my own all this time for people to finally uh, like me. And Dad, if you're listening, you know, no, no, still not. Anyway, I'm not talking to myself today, although I kind of am doing that at this point in time. But I actually have with me a, an, an old friend, football writer, and now a viral sensation, Jude Summerfield. How are you doing, Jude? How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I was enjoying um, your your monologue opening there. I just I was laughing. I didn't want to do it right into the microphone because the delivery was... Perfect, you didn't yeah. want to like pull the people out of absolutely out of not, the moment. No. Yeah, exactly. Like that's been written, um, it's been performed, you know, rehearsed, and now it was time to see it. And beautiful, it's me, isn't it? A, a, a laid-back entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. Um, yeah, how how are you doing, Jude? Is it Jude's a writer for Ninety Men? Anybody that uh, that doesn't know, you should know by now. So uh, follow him. But we'll do all the plugs and stuff in a bit. Um, Sure. But I used to I used to work with Jude at Ninety Men. Um, he's uh, he's lasted the course, whereas they they got rid of me. So what's the secret to that, Jude? What 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 was I doing wrong, mate? Uh, well, I mean, we we could go into that, couldn't we? A peek um, behind the curtain. Yeah, I definitely get in trouble though. Um, but you know, I I keep my head down, mate. You know the you know the economy, inflation. It's all it's all. It's all happening. I don't want any disruption. I want to be settled, you know? I keep my head down. Operating in the shadows. Like, you know that yeah. Smithers meme when he's standing in the car park having a cigarette in the dark? <laughs> exactly. That's you. That's you, exactly. your teammate. Oh, right, look, fucking, me. let's talk about something. Because, I mean, I am absolutely buzzing about it. Actually, no, no, no. Let's jump. The Premier League is back. The Premier League is back. First game of the season. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. What did you make of that one, Jude? Are, are the <laughs> Arsenal back? Are the Are you buying it? Are you the buying the Arsenal. hype? Um, I thought it looked quite similar to the games that they won last season, where they were sort of solid enough um, and had enough of an attacking threat to win. I uh, that that Saliba looks quite tasty at the Annoyingly back. Annoyingly so, um, yeah. He sort of looks quite modern, sort of prototype central defender. Um, and yeah, they were they were quite functional, and Jesus looks like he might enjoy a, a good season there. I don't know how prolific he's going to be because there are other players in the league who are who are still back to score more, one hundred percent. But yeah, they they look decent enough. But I don't know. It was the same with most of the the teams in the Premier League this week. I didn't really come out of it feeling like Bar City. There there were too many threatening performances, which is. I don't know, a little ominous, perhaps. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, well, I mean, I would say the most threatening performance, really. I mean, City were good; they they, they were ominous. But I think you would have to say, rivalry aside, Spurs oh, were yes, they were the pick of the bunch, right? This weekend, I think a, a, a few people will be taking notice of us um, if they weren't already, wouldn't you say? One hundred percent. It was um, it was a pretty pretty complete performance, really. Um, 
and uh, I, I have to say, I didn't manage to catch it live. I, I watched it on Spurs play the day after, just because I was out during the day. So I was, you know, keeping in touch through PN notifications on the day and then watching it the day after. But um, they were just in control throughout the whole game. Um, it never, even when Southampton, Southampton took the lead, it never really seemed like Spurs were deterred in their approach. They were still trying to make the pitch as big as possible. Um, still creating chances and, and the goals came and like it was fucking awesome to see a few of the, the scorers being like Sessignon and Dyer at the start because um, it's really like beat your chest stuff with those yeah. sort of guys who score you know the sort of fringe players well not fringe they're like starting but not typically associated with sort of the lads that you want to see something go their way though right yeah exactly and then you hear like Dyer hadn't scored um, for like three years since I think he scored against Everton in 2019. That's fucking mad, isn't it? Um, which is, yeah, like a league goal, which is which is mad. Um, and then that's Sessegnon's first Premier League goal for Spurs. Um, which is just, it's just nice, like when people break those ducks and it's so, it's so clearly um, come as a result of the change in system as well, where everything, we just look fucking solid throughout the whole team. It's... Um, I don't know, it's, it makes me giddy. I, I think you'll, you'll probably be exactly the same, but I'm quite giddy after watching that game. Unbelievably so, mate. I mean, that's kind of partly what gave me that final push to do that sort of solo pod thing. It's just like, you know what, I want to capture some of these feelings because, you know, I was I was really quite excited ahead of this season. Uh, excited. The weird thing is, right, excited isn't even the word. Like, it's... The difference between this is, right, we were really exciting under Pochettino I thought because there was a kind of intangible whatever it is what is it they call it like bottled lightning type effect to that bottle being the mm. operative word eh, with Tottenham um, <laughs> in war a trophy but I think the thing I loved about Pochettino is it's like we had some great players and well we had a fucking exceptional starting 11 to be honest but our squad there wasn't a lot of depth there and it always felt like we were still kind of a bit young, a bit inexperienced, but we were there. We were kind of there to kind of mix things up a bit. Um, and so there was always, it always carried with it a lot of hope. There was a there was a sort of self-assurance that, yeah, we should be getting into the top four. But in terms of getting the big stuff, like, you know, being in title races, going to a Champions League final, that was really sort of exciting. I mean... The, the thing is, it's, it's, you know, come on, it's not going to not be exciting if Tottenham are in a title race or get to a Champions League final this year. But what I mean is, like, before the fact, it feels like at the moment there's a, there's a sort of level of, like, self-assurance that I think, really, Conte has bred into the club and bred into the players. Um, I think it really does help the fact that he does have Son and Kane, who are let's be honest two of the best players in world football right now and I really like I really don't think we can kind of you know understate or overstate that enough either way I just think we shouldn't take that for granted Conte is fantastic undoubtedly but Son and Kane are really they they can really make the difference as well alongside him his management um but do, do you know what do you see what I'm getting at though there is a certain like <clears throat> maybe it's unearned but I just look at this team and I look at the way we ended last season and the way we've already picked up where we left off, having added to that squad as well. You know, we were 4-1 up and bringing Perisic off the bench. Mm-hmm. You can't help but look at this Tottenham team now and think, we're going to do something special, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if it is if it is ever going to be a year, it's sort of like, the stars are really quickly aligned on this one. It's, it's quite mad, the... The change in atmosphere in in, in a year and like football is quite a volatile sport, I suppose. But from where the club was in sort of October time last year, absolute like pits of the earth stuff. Uh, Big time, right? <laughs> like going to games, going to games was quite a uh, you know um, a, a testing. It felt like a chore, didn't it? <laughs> uh, day out, it really was because there was there was nothing. Um, you could you could see no real plan on the pitch and. Um, and, and the fans caught on, to, caught on to that and suddenly the stadium's this big bag of nerves and <laughs> goals go in and it's it's horrible. But like we talk about rebuilds in football, but Spurs have managed to do this one really, really efficiently, like in such a small amount of time to the to the point now where there's 
there's leaders all over the pitch really whether it be from like players who have been at the club for a long time anyway like Kane and Lloris and and Son um, to like the new recruits who have sort of been there done that seen it all like Perisic um, and to a lesser extent um, a few of the other players um, but yet yeah, the, the, they've just got this squad depth now and we're going to see like those five subs happen quite a lot just because Conte loves is, is changing up a wing back so that's going to be like Sessegnon will do an hour and then he'll come off um, which which is pretty yeah pretty remarkable really just to have that threat coming off the bench after the left wing back has already scored as well um, and yeah like strangely Sod and Kane really weren't that sort of prominent in the game like the threats were coming from from other areas which doesn't happen that often in Spurs games at all well that's the thing that's quite funny though isn't it because like I think they were sort of bad not bad even I think they were pretty average by they were decent weren't they yeah like, exactly they were still getting involved Kane was like splaying a few like balls around and everything like that and I just meant like more by their own standards but the thing that you, you're noticing now is that I mean I think Kane in particular by Southampton like they sort of doubling up on him and they were sort of very quick to close him down but what we're seeing now is like having a player like Kulosevsky who's another handful for opposition defenders it's I think that's what really excites me about this teammate having those three up top I don't know if you saw today um, the stat was just shared that in 2022 now Tottenham has scored 51 Premier League goals with a with a Mm-hmm. most prolific team in the Premier League Manchester City on 50 mm-hmm. goals Liverpool on 46 um, I mean it, we don't want this to turn into another one of those things like it did under Pochettino where you know we seem to keep having great calendar years and just kind of falling mm-hmm. short yeah. in terms of seasons so you can only sort of carry this type, type of stuff too far but still the signs are, are there right the signs are kind of encouraging and especially like we say when we have an attack as potent as we do because you know we're not even talking about the fact I know he's not everyone's cup of tea but you've still got Lucas Moore on the bench you've got Richarlison on the bench waiting to come in you know you've got Perisic who can operate further up the pitch as well should should need be I don't I just I'm kind of getting to the point now where I don't see how this Tottenham team can't do really really well you know I think yeah, um, um, and I think they should be putting in similar performances against City and Liverpool. I think those are like the games are really gonna judge our season by. Just I, I really, really want to see a Spurs team beat Liverpool because it's been like five years this time <laughs> since we yeah. last beat them. So it's a bit, it's a bit. We've mad. come so close um, the past few years. I know, just a few little batshit instances where like the, an own goal has gone in and. Um, Sissoko's bla- blazed one over the bar. Or Sissoko's um, waved his arm around in the box after 25 seconds <laughs> in the biggest game <laughs> of our lives. Which one was that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, still, I haven't watched the highlights. Uh. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have not seen the highlights. Kulisevsky is just a star boy, mate. It's, it's, I don't, I'm still trying to compute how Spurs have got a player this good. Well, this is it's such a fucking tip. Of that's it. I mean, that's what I want to go on to. I mean, I think we we were obviously, I would say, signing him knowing that he'd be a decent option. Bergwijn was pretty unsettled at the club. So it was kind of a... I, I sort of... The way I read it is it was a bit of a one-out, one-in. We're going to lose Bergwijn, but we'll bring in another young kind of wide-forward player that maybe in time will be decent. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't truly believe that the club, Paratici, anybody knew or thought Kulisevsky was going to be the player that he is, right? Because, like you say, Starboy, like, this is a lad that he he looks like he's got the world at his feet to trod a, uh, <laughs> a good old football cliche. But he, Class. I mean, he's unbelievable. Like, he's unbelievable. He's one of our best players already, like, by a long way, right? Mm. He's, 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 like, running games as well. I think last season maybe he was a bit more of, like, uh, a beneficiary, I suppose, of Son and Kane's brilliance, but that the game against Southampton, it was it was him, it was him running the show. Like the cross for Sessegnon was 
was like inch perfect and he's just such a danger coming in from the right with that left and then his goal was so nicely taken as well you can't get the ball off him like he's he's very one-footed but his close control is just immense he's just such an exciting exciting player and like genuinely like the sky's the limit for him like the, the the technique he's got like when he's drifting in and around the sort of the edge of the box and he can just suddenly like turn and dart towards towards goal like he did yesterday it's 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 so exciting man <laughs> how, how nice is it as so, well that we kind of got him as a result of not getting Luis Diaz over the line yeah yeah I mean I see a lot of like um like comparisons between the two I see like I'm sure Liverpool fans are still well happy with Luis Diaz and like fair play he looks like a cracking cracking player and then obviously we're very very happy with Kulusevski um so yeah I mean that Lewis the Lewis Diaz thing was weird because it just sort of pushed Liverpool towards signing him so that was always sort of going to happen I mean let's let, but, let's um, be real though Joe oh we're being real <laughs> Kulusevski is Kulusevski right. is better isn't he he's better you'd rather have him obviously right I mean yeah, he I'd just he's him, yeah how all right, if we're going to do some like redundant football Twitter type comparisons, because I, I blurted this off the other day, I don't think he's I don't think he's not on Foden's level. I think they're comparable talents. Oh, Phil Foden. What would uh, you say? I think I think I've seen you spouting this um, nonsense <laughs> out before. Um, <laughs> no, I think like, they're they're pretty similar ages, aren't they? They're both twenty two. Like. I think there's um, a few months. I can't remember which one's older, but there's like two or three months, months between between them. Right. Okay. In terms of like pure output, you probably a lot of people probably say phone just because he's been in the Premier League a, li- a little longer, and and people are more familiar with him. Um, having watched the amount of football Kulusevski's played for Spurs, like, I think yeah. I'm 100% with you, with you, Jack. <laughs> the thing about Pulisic is he's, he's a unit. Like, and he doesn't... This was the thing that we were yeah. saying, kind of one of the early observations, is that he looks like... Ungain, ungainly, is that? Yeah, that's the term, isn't it? He doesn't yeah. look like he's kind of athletic. He's got that similar thing to, like, Harry Kane in that they don't really look like athletes, yet he seems to be able to, like, just twist and turn kind of defenders everywhere. And... There's sort of the, that upper body strength of his. He really like does use it to his advantage. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I just can't really get a handle on like quite how good I think he's going to be because at the moment, like I, I really am kind of looking at this now. I'm thinking he's doing this at 22. He's doing this pretty much immediately in the Premier League. Like, you know, is this lad like, is he potentially kind of a, Son Salah level player. I I don't think that's that yeah, mad to say. Some you know? sort of Galactico. Yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> we have got this. You'd probably say like you'd. Yeah, go on. Go yeah, on, you'd you'd maybe want to see him get like have a season where he's like fifteen goals assists, something like that, or just fifteen goals in the league, and then and then like push on. Like I mean, Salah didn't really do that. He just went crazy from the first season, and then Son has sort of built up to this level. Um, but yeah, like if. Kuliskev, if if yeah, his fit his finishing on his left is pretty is pretty sweet, and his right foot is just like <laughs> if you remember the Norwich game, like it's it's tough to see him scoring anything with that. It's mad, isn't it? But I I bloody hope so, man. Like Kane, Son, and this, just him linking up with them perfectly, and yet also doing his own thing. So it's 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 wonderful to see. I don't know if you saw like Jack Pitbrook's piece on him in the. Uh... In the athletic, but he was kind of talking about, and this is the thing that's really encouraging it. Kulisewski's another one of those like Harry Kane, Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo type players that's teetotal, watches his diet completely. I think he even like only drinks like water at a certain pH level, like to, to that <laughs> level. He's really kind of into the the micro macro nutrition stuff. Um, it's just. Oh, it's pretty mad, isn't it? I mean, you you probably know more about this type of stuff, but have so the deal that we have in place with Juventus, there's no way whatsoever that they could just pull out of it, right? They couldn't just say, "No, nah, actually, we don't want to sell yeah, him to you." Yeah, that's that's that won't happen. I don't think it can happen. 
So, <laughs> is that like a nightmare that's been replaying over in your Oh, completely. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> completely. I can see why, yeah. No, it's pretty ironclad. Because, I mean, that um, how, that would so. be vile, right? <laughs> It'd be terrible, yeah. If they were just like, nah, um, so like, we're going to sell him to Real Madrid for 100 mil instead of sell him to you for like... He actually looks really good. I don't know, he didn't look good for us, but he looks really good for you, so we're just going to make a load of money now. That's okay. <laughs> that would not be fine. It wouldn't. I mean, you'd kind of understand it, but yeah, it would, it would be awful. It would be horrific. Um, oh, God, I love him. I love him. Um, another player that, uh, if we're talking about putting respect on their name, <laughs> Benjamin Davis. Since Antonio Conte has taken over Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, is there a case to be made that in terms of like where they were and where they're at now, Ben Davis is the most improved under Antonio Conte? Uh, there is a big definite case, 100%. Um, uh, you remember those Europa Conference League games under Nuno, right, last season? <laughs> How can I forget them? The one where... How <laughs> you remember the three teams we were drawn against, obviously, because I absolutely do not. Um, but Ben Davis was very much in the B team, wasn't he? He was not getting a look in for the Prem games at the start of the season. Um, and he was going off to, you know, all corners of Europe in this sort of turgid competition, um, playing with some pretty dross players, really. I mean... I don't want to slag off all the Tottenham's fringe players, but the, if you play them all on the same eleven, it's it doesn't look good, and it didn't look good in the Conference League. Um, but like they've, it's he's another player who they've managed to like find a definite home for, just on the pitch at left centre back, and he's he's just got the perfect blend of sort of pace and positional awareness, and just clatters into folks if he if he needs to, and. Um, his his upturn has just has just been immense and like he's he's far from gentle Ben these days, you know. <laughs> like he's 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 a he's a brilliant, brilliant player. I'm glad he was fit for the game as well, because there was there was a little bit of fitness like concern around him. And we might have had like Clement Longley or Sanchez in instead of him. But he's just he's perfect for that role. So, so tidy. Um yeah. dare, dare I say, is it are you that arsed now? Like seeing this with this in mind, are you actually that arsed that we haven't managed to get like a Bastoni or whatever over the line? Because I'm kind of um, not really. No, not not right now. No, I think it'll still be a, like a long term target for uh, the club. And I think from from what we hear, they still like Pau Torres as well at Villarreal. But um, I'd be very surprised if they made another move this summer. And with the level of performance that Ben Davis has shown, it'd almost be a bit harsh. Like, and you'd be messing with sort of a winning formula as well because he's been so good um, in that role. Um, and I think he, he provides a nice little um, level of assurance uh, behind Ryan Sessegnon, who was great on Saturday. Um, but yeah, you've got to love gentle Ben, right? Like, he's been brilliant recently yeah I do and I just think he's like he is really committed to the club I think he clearly is very happy at Tottenham loves the club and gives a lot to it you you know I don't think you would ever say of Ben Davies that he's he doesn't sort of give his all every time he's on the pitch you know Mm -hmm. he's he's a hard working kind of he's really it's really scrappy as well, you know. That's the thing I really like about him. Like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like not so gentle anymore. You know, he really kind of mm-hmm. he goes after it. I think he presses really well. Um, and but I think one of my biggest concerns was that he'd kind of get exposed in the air. But I haven't really noticed that. I don't. Has anything stood out for you on that, or is it? I think I've, I've as as the stats nonce here. I've got it up, and I think he he's yeah. Apparently, he won four aerials and six defensive aerials which was sort of close to a game high against Southampton so um, he's pretty good in the air and he played there a lot for Wales before so he's, he's I think he's pretty tough as nails really Ben <laughs> Davis like and that's the thing like Wales are a, they're a scrappy team man and they're like they're decent they've made a World Cup at the end of the day you know yeah they're a, they're a decent side and they're fighters they 
Yeah, I don't know. I like Ben Davis. I like I like a bit of that energy in the squad because you don't you just you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, I it, being brutally honest, I don't want to sort of bat myself into corner here because I do <laughs> I do really think Bastoni looks like an exceptional talent, and mm-hmm. we probably really would be very like lucky to have him. Um, no, not lucky. I don't want to say it's a bit beggy, isn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> we would be we would happily have him. Um, but <laughs> Ben Davies, you know him and Eric Dyer as well, man. There's there's a lot kind of there's a lot going for the pair of them. They do seem to be like two of the generals of the team. I mean Dyer, uh, Dyer in particular. I mean his head, fucking how good was his header? You know, so good. Yeah. Love a little stoop, and I I think they're both players who are just like f- they're so fully committed as well. Like the commitment levels, um, just having been at the club for a long, long time, they'll bring that aggression. That uh, the um, oh, what's what's the phrase? The the cool heads and hot hearts. I think it is. Like they're both very aggressive players, um, and they just I think they've been at the club so long. They deserve to have some like a, a period of, of success towards the end of their careers as well because you know they're not spring chickens they're they're getting on maybe like late 20s and um i think they deserve to be part of the team that's that's winning each week and they're there on merit as well eric dyer has been so good these last like six months it's it's unbelievable just the, the leader he is at the back like he's still prone to the odd error here and there and i think that's going to be the case with eric dyer in like throughout the rest of his playing career but um his his passing range, his his communication at the back. He's just he's he's been so good for Spurs recently, and the way he compliments Romero as well. It's it's a really good backline, and like when you see Spurs actually being secure and solid at the back, that's sort of when you think, okay, now we add in the attack like Son and Kane, and you think maybe 16, 17, like you go on a run like that and you get 87, 90 points and something similar. Um, which I think, you know, let, let's see what happens. It's obviously a very early days, but like they're going to win a lot of games this season, I think. Oh. It, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, like, can we just, uh, it's, just, it's what they've sort of reduced me to now, groaning noises. <laughs> Not even forming like coherent sentences. I mean, I do struggle with that at the best of times, but still, it's just, it is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It doesn't, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I just, I don't have that same kind of, I don't see like, if I, if I look to the, you know, if if you imagine now we're in like a beautiful meadow and you look to the edge of that meadow, (laughs) there's a, there's a dark forest and there's often a shadowy figure poking his head out of the forest, like waving at us, beckoning, beckoning us over as in like, hello Tottenham, remember you Tottenham, I'm waiting here for you to make, you know, all this this, yeah, they never leave. It, it's gonna go, but I, I feel like he's gone on holiday this year because I don't, I don't really have that same sense of like, how are Spurs gonna fuck this one up, kind of thing. Mm. I just kind of feel that we're gonna be in a real good fight with two, I mean, two exceptional teams in Liverpool and City, but then also in very good teams like Chelsea. I hate to say it, Arsenal as well. Um, I mean, I do think we are 
I mean, Chelsea's the next hurdle, right? Chelsea are the team, ironically, you know, we're playing them next, but I don't really know how, how that game's going to go. But I think over the course of a season, they're the team that we're, we're really kind of got to take down next, right? Um, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to... The, the problem with that one is it's so hard to gauge with a team like Chelsea, isn't it? Because they we've seen them in this position before when everybody's... At the start of the season, is like, oh, they don't look that good. They, they're kind of missing players in key areas. And then they end up finishing second and like fucking winning the FA Cup mm. or the Champions League or something like that. And Raheem Sterling is obviously the best piece of business that anybody did all season. And do you know what I mean? Like we know, and Koulibaly, yeah, like yeah. We, know, we know where this narrative goes. So they are just such a kind of, I don't know, a basket case of a club, aren't they? Yeah, I mean... I'm- Sean spoke. We recorded oh what a night earlier today, um, and Sean spoke about the um, the Chelsea games being a bit more like statement games, really. And Spurs really haven't. They never really seem to get that statement win um, against Chelsea, like uh, that that one with Delhi aside, which was um, I don't know. That was a pretty good day when Delhi was flipping off all the Chelsea fans. I have to say, I'll be playing that one on replays for like the rest of the week just trying to <laughs> envision er- Ericsson's envision like Thunderbolt again. as well yeah man that was it was just it was true that was a dreamy one it was just like Dele it's three <laughs> it's three one I've gone behind because I think well. wasn't it, it was Dyer wasn't it that like played a inch perfect pass to Delhi who took it like amazing like that touch mm. and then bang kind of into the back of the goal so quickly oh. yeah one touch one touch finish that's that's all you need one touch no i think did he did he, he like saluted the chelsea fans didn't he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's a great picture of him like um you can see all the all the gammon pink heads in the background <laughs> just sort of yelling abuse and he's he's got his, his hand cup to his ear like so i was saying like yeah peak shithouse down <sighs> Um, it'd be nice if we could get a win in a similar vein on Sunday but it is like they're, they're the next team that Spurs need to sort of assert themselves on so to speak I suppose bit kinky that but um, uh, yeah they need to overhaul them for sure because they they, they they seem like they're the walking wounded always and and yeah somehow managed to, to scrap away to some like modicum of success e- e- like winning the Champions League from nowhere, how, like yeah. it doesn't make sense. It's like, fuck off. It's really, it's strange. Yeah, it really is. It's like when you're bad, can you just be like bad for a while, please? I guess that's what Man United's for, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, fucking hell, they are bad as well, aren't they? They are bad. Brighton, my Brighton boys are good, but that was pretty atrocious stuff from Manchester United. I have to say, they just, I just. Uh this Manchester United. Just look at them and you just think, what what the fuck is this team? Like, this is... The, I was sort of talking to Spooky about this before, that it's a team that, like, once upon a time, not that long ago, just looked invincible. I could never envisage a time when Manchester United wouldn't be unbelievable. And now, they just... There's nothing scary about them. There's nothing scary. I, I'll be really disappointed if we don't beat them twice this year. You know, that's... Kind of yeah. how bad I think they are. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. We lost to them last season as well, but unfortunately, the the guy up front had one of his days, didn't he? So it was a bit of a wear. At well, but yeah, they look so atrocious. I mean, that that's um, the thing. That's the thing I found surprising about Ten Hag as well is that you know I, I I did sort of feel that he would struggle a bit, kind of coming from a an ecosystem like they have at Ajax, where everybody's yeah. pulling in the same direction to the literal opposite of that in Manchester United. Um, but I just I thought it was strange, you know, him making this big point, leaving Ronaldo out. And then when it wasn't going well, trying to bring on Ronaldo to save the day. It just, it just yeah. it, to me, like... I thought it, like, stunk a desperation yeah. a bit at the time. It was just sort of like, well, what's the plan here? I don't really you've you've, you've been the big man all week, right? And sort of said, oh, you know, he's not allowed <laughs> to do this and... And then you've just kind of reverted back to what Solskjaer was doing before, you know, when it's... Yeah, rolled over and had your tummy tickled. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, But, fabulous. (laughs) Funnily enough, a player who I thought, this is a good segue, a player who I thought that Manchester United could have done with, and I'm very happy Tottenham have, is uh, Bentancourt, who I Mm. always... 
when I think about him, like I always think kind of. I can't like ever look back to games. I, I don't think there's any real Bentanko performances when I look back and think, "Wow, there was that one really standout moment that he did." He's just kind of exceptional, consistently. He kind of he just plays at such a kind of high level that it all just kind of blurs into one. And I think that makes his moments, if you like, less. I mean, he's not really a moments player. I think that's what we kind of get mm-hmm. from him so far, but. I was sort of unsure about him towards the tail end of last year. And then I saw the change in the team. I don't know if you saw kind of uh, the preseason against Sevilla. He didn't start the first half. And then as soon as he came onto the pitch, we just, we just suddenly looked like we had a foothold in the game. And it, it reminded me of, if you think about kind of like that, that sort of the tail end era of Mourinho and also the sort of Nuno era, when Spurs just could not, get a handle on the game when they just couldn't seem to settle down when we we just always seemed to be playing at such a frantic place because we were so terrified of holding on to the ball never seemingly able to sort of retain possession and not really having decent options around and I feel that like just Bentancourt coming in has just calmed everything down and just added such a solidity to the team that we saw when we went 1-0 down against Southampton we just carried on. We just went about our business and trusted that the work and the way in which we were playing, it would it would bear fruit, right? I, you know, it's how I really didn't want to say trust the process there. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, are you, are you impressed with him? You, you must be. I think he's fab. Yeah, I think he's fab. Um, but yeah, he does go under the radar in that, in that way. But it's almost like, um, you know... You, if, if Spurs have had a good game you almost won't really notice him because he just recycles things and keeps Spurs moving and um, breaks up attacks um, but let's sort of you know the the team is geared for the wide players to score goals and all that so he's I don't know if you've seen him trying to take shots on man but they're they're pretty atrocious like <laughs> he's not a shooter whatsoever um, there are a few which he, he's just blazing to Rosette but he's such a good just there, there are a few occasions where like Spurs have had corners and then gone to score off them, like from the second play almost, and it's it's just because they're so good at recovering the ball now, um, and he plays such a massive role in that, and he's so calm on it, he just keeps it moving. Um, it's it's another it's another weird one, like how he he was wasn't really rated at Juve, and just brings such a a calm presence, you know, to a team that had. You know, not too long ago, like in Dombele and Lo Celso and Harry Winks, where there was, you know, th- there was just no control. <laughs> there was no control. So this person were like always on the back foot because they were one sloppy pass away from from being broken on. But now those two in centre bit, they're just so cool and composed, and they're really happy just knocking the ball around. There were chants of Ole at, <laughs> at the stadium, which was awesome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's a he's a really exciting lad, like brilliant. You are, you kind of wonder like he's he's the mainstay of that midfield, right? And in terms of the other players like Basuma, Skip, Hoybier, it's who plays alongside him. I mean, that's that's what it is for me. I don't mm-hmm. like. Would you agree? Yeah, I think was there. There are a lot of games um, leading up to the World Cup as well. So I think um, there are going to, we'll probably see a few combinations, but I think for those Premier League fixtures, I think Ben Tanker is. I think I think it'll it'll probably be those same two in the middle up until December at least. I'd sort of think it's, it's very steady and it's um it's worked up until now. And like poor Rolly Skip can't seem to avoid a knock every other weekend and stay fit properly, which is sad. Um, but then, yeah, because there's five subs as well. Basuma's going to come on, come on and play, and sort of provide the same sort of steel that he, he showed at Brighton. So, um, yeah, he's Benteke is probably the one who who sticks around. But like, I thought Hoybier was really good as well against Southampton. I have to say, like, I think he played the pass for the the last the last goal. I think which Kulusevski eventually ended up scoring from Royal's assist. So. Um, yeah, I know Hoybier gets some heat sometimes, but I thought he was really good on Saturday. What did you What did you make of Conte's sort of starting eleven, leaving out all of the 
new signings and everything like that. Did you think it was a a mind games thing, or do you think it's just simply that he (laughs) knows those players to a better degree and they've worked with him for longer so far? I I think it's just a good continuity thing. To be honest, I thought it made total sense. Like there was some. There was like some chat over where Perisic would start or whether it'd be Sessegnon, but I think they got the decisions right. To be honest, because that was a that was a team like the the end of season form from Spurs last season was so good, and it's that it doesn't really seem like a good idea to really tamper with the starting eleven like that. I know Richarlison was suspended anyway, and he'll probably be one of the guys who like comes on 60, 70 minutes next week against Chelsea. That'd um, be a nice debut goal for him, wouldn't it? Because he absolutely wouldn't that be class? Yeah, at as well, wouldn't they? Could be, the, could be <laughs> Delhi two point you know. It really could be nice little chicken dance while Son's doing his, you know, signature moves and all that. That could be, that could be limbs, Jack, in the away end. That could be real limbs. That'd be pretty mad, wouldn't it? Um, would be mad. We sort of touched on it before. Kane and Son. I mean, I'm not really that concerned about it, and they are. They're gonna have. I think they're really gonna have a mo- like monster seasons. Those two, right? You'd be hoping that they'd mm. both be on or around at least twenty Premier League goals this year, right? Son should be able to hit yeah. that. And I, Kane, I mean, I don't know. He looks. He looks very, very fit. You know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of pushing thirty, if not more. You know, this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I no reason to worry about those two. I don't think <laughs> they've just been so good for such a long uh, period of time now and you know maybe it didn't fall on Saturday but most of the time it, it falls perfectly for Kane and so then they score a bucket load of goals and I think that's going to be the case again this year um, you know both they're both in their prime now aren't they and they're they're, um, they're delivering week upon week and um, a few few of the chances that didn't go in on Saturday will, will go in Um in those Premier League and Champions League games when the fucking Champions League's back that's a whole other thing to look forward to as well I mean I don't want to put I'm just interested to know your take on it like what what do you think the future looks like for Harry Kane do you do you see him signing a new contract or do you think he's just going to run it down now and see what's what for him at the end of his contract who's in for him I think my 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 gut would be he'd sign a new deal because I think I think Spurs are going to continue progressing and um, a lot of the time in the past when he's been asked about contract it's always been about I want to see the club sort of reaching new heights and, and then he'll sign a deal and I think if um, I think it will, it will sort of hinge on these next few seasons and how much content he can, can squeeze out of Spurs and how, how close they can go but I think my gut will be that he'll stay It's interesting because you know it was uh, James Moore raised this point the other day that it almost seems a bit uncomfortably obvious now, though, that with Haaland kind of signing his deal at City and Mbappe signing a sort of a, you know, committing to PSG, basically, and the sort of subsequent fallout between him and Real Madrid, that there suddenly looks like a Harry Kane shaped kind of hole at Real Madrid in maybe two seasons' time when Benzema isn't. He's just getting a bit long in the tooth by that point um, mm-hmm. I can't help but worry about that a little bit because I don't know I think Kane will obviously really want to win stuff in his career won't he like he's he'll, he'll, uh, yeah, he wants he's chasing Shearer's record he's chasing Greaves' record at Spurs but I think he really wants to get his hands on silverware right I mean I don't know. Where do, I just. I wish I could be as confident as you are, mate. That's all I'm saying about him signing a contract. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it 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 would be. No, I don't want to see him playing for Real Madrid. Really, <laughs> having seen the stuff that Gareth Bell went through towards the end. So hopefully not on that end. Because uh, I don't know. Do, do you think the Spanish press would would pick up on his ability to speak Spanish, or do you reckon they'd leave him alone? Or? How do you think that one? It's hard there? to know, isn't it? Because I think the the problem, in my opinion, the problem Bale always faced is that he went there at the same time as Ronaldo being there. But if Kane was joining there, if he was the superstar there, like the actual superstar, I don't know. Do you think clubs see him as 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 that that player at the moment? Because I I know Spurs fans do, and to me, he obviously is. Do Do you think 
which elite club do you think would really go? Would it be Real? I reckon so. Yeah, I th- but I think any of them would. I mean, Bayern have been after him, haven't they? Sort of mm. making those whips. And I, I just there's something. There's no, just not a fit that I just can't see that one. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I just can't see Kane. I can't see the Bundesliga really kind of sating his desire for for trophies. You know, mm-hmm. when he's yeah. It'd be a bit of a cheap way out almost, wouldn't it, I suppose? Because that league's on lockdown, really. Yeah, I mean, what, didn't they just <laughs> beat Eintracht Frankfurt like 6-0 or something? 6, yeah, 6-1. It was a, I mean, come on. It was a bit chastening. You know, they're, they're supposed to be yeah. one of the better teams in the Bundesliga and they've just done that to them. It's Yeah, won the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. Like, <laughs> Smacks. It's one. a bit of a joke, isn't it? Um yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really want to take it at the negative level. It, it is just interesting. But I think the thing that is reassuring about having Kulusevski there is that when the time does come that we say goodbye to Kane or Son or both of them, I'm starting to almost feel like now you're looking at kind of Kulusevski, Romero. We kind of got Sessignon, who will hopefully continue to improve. Um, we're signing that other lad, aren't we? From is it from Udinese? I think we're going to be signing somebody. Yes, uh, I forget his name, but yeah, I think that's done. And then he's getting loaned back. I want to yeah. say, and then he's coming back later. You'd imagine We've got the young lad, uh, young lad Pape Matasar as well. Yeah, you're sort of seeing already that new era of Spurs, right? Like, yeah, which is nice. Like, I don't, we haven't really had that this amount of squad depth for a while and it's also with an eye to the future so I mean Ri- Richie lad's only what 24 isn't he 24 25 I think yeah about that yeah about that he's done a lot in that time though like he's played a lot for Brazil and obviously scrapped out with Watford and Everton I think it's a you know, people say 60 million 60 million but I think it's just it's a good he's a final finally a, a proven alternative who can come in if those lads need a rest which they will and he is a source of goals. That's it, I don't good, get. I don't buy it either because I think didn't Everton they spent about thirty five, forty mil on him, didn't they? Just a couple of years ago. Yeah. In that time, he's proven that he can lead the line for. Let's be honest, a pretty god awful side, but really give it his all and kind of mm. shine still. And in those circumstances, so I to me, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the the complaints about that one. It's the sort of deal that. Manchester City do you know when they sign it's one that every club has to do yeah, yeah. some players like Mares in the past they signed Grealish recently you just kind of identify the best player in one of the teams lower on the ladder than you and sign them <laughs> pretty much yeah you know and that's yeah. I think it's it's a really encouraging piece of business from Spurs and I don't know if the, if the money's there to and be- it's not a punt as well it's not like it's not a punt it's not a gamble like he he probably will score goals like even I know for sixty million it's a lot of money, but it's it's a proven record, so they've got that to go on at least. It's yeah, it's good. I, I I just quite like him as well. I quite like his you know we talking about right, energy. Yeah. I like his energy. You know, I like that him and like Romero have already kind of had a laugh about their <laughs> sort of falling out and. What was it? I, can't I think I saw them called like the Bash Brothers the other day. You know, they, they just kind of <laughs> straight away when they ran in and had Son's back. It's just good to have that kind of the the caliente, the you know that kind mm. of the fire in our team again. When you know, we, like we were saying, kind of it's just this time last year under Nuno, and it looked like what the fuck is this? Like, what is this team? They don't give a shit. None of them care at all. And Conte has come in and kind of lit a fire up under them, and it's it's great seeing how many of them have have responded to that. Really, you know. Yeah, they can respond. That you know, modern footballers are you know maybe not complete airheads. Eh? You know, <laughs> they want to make the best out of themselves, which is which is good. It was so soppy bollocks last season. It was ridiculous. Like, ah, oh, but so so much nicer these days. Have you have you seen one day into the season? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that Villarreal might be coming for both the Celso and Ndombele? Uh I I thought I saw Villarreal were close on the Celso, but you know they're if they if they do that they they're a great sporting institution in my eyes and will continue to to be so going into the future. I don't know if like Billy T said earlier that. I wonder if Villarreal Twitter look at Spurs the same way as we look at Juventus. 
You know, it's just like, <laughs> how the fuck did they not get these guys to work? Because they've got, what, Foyt, Capu, and who else? Foyt, Capu, uh, there is one other straggler, isn't there? Because um, they did sign Soldado, but he flopped out there, didn't he? Even they signed them. Aurier as well, didn't they? Oh, did they, yep. But that's not really a success story, I don't think. <laughs> But yeah, no, but I know they did sign Soldado from us, but yet again, he didn't he didn't do very well for them either. But it's uh, you know, maybe I mean, it is. I'm not I'm not that asked about the sale. So to be honest, great, you know, he had a good time at Villarreal. Good luck to him. We get his wages off the kind of off the bill, and you'd hope fifteen twenty mil or so for him. That it's not a massive loss, I guess. What do we pay for him? About thirty mil, I think. Yeah, apart from yeah, that. so it sort of <laughs> makes sense. Um, and Double A is still, even to this day, it still carries with it that little kind of tinge of like what could have been. Does it for you, or are you just happy to see this sort of the back of him now? Yeah, a little bit, but I'd I'd say I uh, I don't yeah I'm a, I'm emotionally uninvolved with Tangy and Double now. I think that 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 cord has been just been chopped up and thrown in the bin. Um, because I mean, like, how many chances do you need? <laughs> that's really? it, isn't it? Like, I think the die true. was cast a bit, wasn't it? When he kind of, when he said, "Oh, you know, I, I could, I could probably be happy here at Tottenham," and you're like, "Oh, mate, that's, that's not like kind of." I mean, again, you don't know what's a bad translation and what's not. Um, so mm. there's every chance it's that, but it, 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 whatever it is, it didn't really scream like I'm determined to come back fight my way into the manager's plans because that's the sort of that's the shit that Conte wants right and I get that people are all yeah. different they don't kind of all communicate in the same way and you just sort of have to look at kind of Ndombele's playing style to kind of maybe get a grip on what type of guy he is um, but mm. sometimes just play the game a bit isn't it that's a lesson that's a lesson yeah. kids just play the game a bit sometimes you know yeah you might just look back and think what the bloody hell was I doing I've just wasted a few years there but you know however it goes I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll the annoying thing is though like Ndombele and Lascelles probably are just going to go on to Villarreal and like win the Europa League or something you know <laughs> something silly like that yeah that's the way it always goes but no there's no I, I think they just they're at the time now where they need to leave and whatever money the club can get from them is is grand like they just should not be near the Spurs team anymore. <laughs> I think my main question, I guess my question in closing for you, dude, now, is uh, how were you looking at Spurs ahead of the Southampton game? And has your opinion changed at all? Not even like being knee-jerk or anything like that. I'm not kind of looking to sort of catch you out on that side of things. But has... Ha- gotcha journalism. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> has anything changed for you and... Will it change again after Chelsea? Do you think, or I'm ju- I'm just interested to know where where mm-hmm. your head was at at the top end of the season and what it's looking like now after Southampton. Um, yeah, I mean there was a lot of excitement towards the game beforehand. Um, I've, I I know a lot of people. Well, I don't even know how many, but a few people have been like sort of slagging off Tottenham's business this summer, and I'm I'm genuinely of the belief that it's been pretty sharp stuff. Maybe one centre back aside, but. Um, I, I was always pretty happy there. That helps the the mood, obviously. Um, we did our pre-season predictions at ninety men of a while back, and I had them third. And I think I'd still stick with that now for the season. Um, and I, and from like the level of commitment that was out there from the team, I think I I, I don't think anything will change off the back of Chelsea. Um, because I think that I, I I am backing them to go and have a good result out there. Like I, I think it's 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 time for them to, you know, start stamping their authority on the teams around them. And I think there's enough sort of unrest around there at Chelsea that they can go and do it. So fingers crossed. But um, op- optimism is always the way to go. Because what's the point otherwise, you know? And you know, if you can't feel optimistic now, then. When are you gonna? <laughs> so you, you really, you're, you're sort of fully feeling that we're gonna turn Chelsea over. 
I think 75 80. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I know. I know. That's interesting, mate. I mean, I'd. Could be fun. I'd, I'd really <laughs> would love to because they're. I just. Oh, I don't know. Like, the way I always try to quantify this one is that Arsenal. I wouldn't want to see them like. I'd, it'd be very funny seeing them get relegated. Um. <laughs> I enjoy the North London derby. I enjoy the rivalry. I do hate them, but I wouldn't want to see them go anywhere. I wouldn't want to see them disappear from football. Chelsea, I would, I would like, I'd be really happy if they liquidated. Like when all the stuff was going on with Abramovich <laughs> and the assets being seized and stuff, and it was looking like Chelsea might actually get like rolled up as a, as an asset and whatever, have to restart at the bottom of the footballing pyramid or something. I was I was completely here for that, you know, because I just I really really detest them as a football club, um, as an institution, everything that they stand for, and it just seems to be that they're they're that them and Liverpool really are the two teams that I would say have probably like in recent years the ones that we haven't fully managed to get over. Being, I don't know, we've had a good, few good results against Chelsea, to be fair. You know, Son running like half the length of the pitch at Wembley and Harry Kane kind of really announcing himself in that New Year's Day fixture. Uh, yeah. um, but there's still, I don't know, it still kind of feels like, you know, like, look at the fucking Leicester season, you know, the delight they took in kind of turning us over in that and beating us again mm. in another fucking FA Cup semi-final, you know. Was it, was it a semi? Mm. Yeah, it was a semi, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just brought, which I think Hazard and Matic off the bench and they both scored screamers and it was a bit like, oh, okay, well, we had dreams of grandeur, but <laughs> you've got that depth and just bring them off the bench and slam them into the top corner, which was a bit gross. Uh, but not this time, not this time. Not this um, time. Well, thank you very much for giving us your time today, Jude. You do actually, I, I didn't mention this at the time, I don't like plugging rivals, but you know, whatever. You do actually record a Tottenham podcast yourself, don't you? Um, we, yeah, we do. Sean, and, Sean Walsh and I, we, uh, we, we give it a crack and I think it's okay. You know, I think it comes out. I'm, I'm, I'm not really that hot on podcasts, so like, I'll, I'll do that and... <laughs> listen to yourself Jack obviously, obviously. very big honour very big honour to be on today very um, so so, it's an, an honour having that. you on and uh, you, are, you are very modest mate Oh What A Night is uh, Jude and Sean's podcast and it's it's very good you you, you, know, you sometimes get the rest of the lads on don't you Hunter and Hainsey and yeah like scheduling well. can, can be a bit tricky but yeah we've had uh, Dan KP on as well so um, yeah just it's mainly just Sean and I at the moment but um, recording pretty pretty regularly as well. And obviously, you can read all of Jude's work as well on 90 Min on the 90 Min website. Um, or just. I'm not sure why you'd want to do hur- that. Hurl him <laughs> and Sean abuse when they. Kind of. Well, don't do that in general. I just mean when they announce transfer news and stuff like that. I see that's. Oh, yeah. That that's one good. of those things I often see. That I, I really do kind of. <laughs> feel bad for any like football writers football journalists is it seems to be whenever you guys just share any kind of story where you've been given kind of information that you know you kind of are like well this is what i've been told and i'm just sharing that because mm-hmm. it's what you people like everybody gets yeah. quite angry at you don't they <laughs> it can be quite funny um but yeah i keep the twitter notifications off and it doesn't i think it hits a few it hits people a little harder than I do because Twitter's sort of this weird, weird imaginary world to me. I don't really understand how it works as of yet. But um, yeah, you get you know email as well. I, I think I've had a, a C bomb dropped on me once, which was good fun. Um, from like a John Smith with five England flags in his name, and you know loves his far right politics in his bio and all that sort of stuff. But it's to be expected, isn't it? It might just be somebody's, you know, backup account that I know. So, it's always good.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.